0: This is 105.9 The Region with your stories, the good news in our neighborhoods, our cities, our country, and beyond. This is Good
1: to Hear. Well, on Good to Hear, we like to shine a spotlight on things that are good to hear around the region. And, well, this is not just good to hear for the region, but, I mean, all of Canada. Think about this. The Young Street Bus Rapid Transit Project won the prestigious, get this, American Public Works Association and the Ontario Public Works Association Awards for the Public Works Project of the Year. To talk more about this incredible honor, i thrilled to be joined by the president of the York Region Rapid Transit Corporation, Mary Frances Turner. Mary Frances, how are you? I'm great.
2: Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for having us. We're very excited.
1: Well, yeah, before we get into some of the nuts and bolts of uh, how this came to be, uh, when you first heard you were winning the Public Works Project of the Year, from of North America, what was your first reaction, Mary Francis?
2: Uh, you know, the whole team um, just were, I think, very honored um, and and so very pleased to see um, this project uh, being recognized by by our professional colleagues as an important transformational project. Um, and, and so, yeah, very, very pleased, um, uh, with the
1: honor of receiving this award. Um the budget and, and the construction, um, it, it was years in the making. I call it short-term pain for long-term gain, because this is going to be something that will benefit the region for decades and decades to come for listeners who maybe don't understand w- what kind of logistics went into the budget and construction for something that was so good that it won in a national award. Yeah. Thank
2: you for the question. You know the the award and the detailed engineering for this project was years in the making, uh, starting starting out back in 2003 when we started the environmental assessments for for Yonge Street and other other rapid transit corridors in the region. Um, so you can imagine that journey to getting to the point where we where we were funded by uh, by the province to undertake the project. And then found um, the contract awarded to RapidLink um, for a total value of three hundred forty-eight million dollars. It, it was a long process that finally saw the project get underway and uh, and work started in twenty fourteen. Um, but then, still another few years before the project opened for service in twenty twenty. So it's it's a long journey, a journey you have to be prepared um, for. And but as you said the pain worth the gain because it's for generations of folks
1: to come. And I know York Region Transit. I mean, my wife and I have lived in the New Market area for 20 years, and York Region Transit worked hard with the community to help people work through it as the project was ongoing. And now it looks like to me, Mary Frances, the communities in the region are reaping the reward of this incredible project.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the, the benefits of the project are very visible. We 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 believe we're in the transformation business, um, not just the transit business. And I think when you visually go out and see the changes um, that have happened in the communities, like in Newmarket and in Richmond Hill on the Yonge Street Corridor, you can see the transformation. You can see the development that's approaching these corridors where the intensification is happening. And you can also see, our, our very careful attention to the transformation of the of the whole public interaction with with walking, biking, uh, planting materials that we've given really careful care and attention to this project, setting the stage for further transformation of the community. And, and so, those are the things that we're very proud of, and I think that we believe the community will embrace does embrace. Um, after getting through that painful period of four to five years of construction.
1: Speaking with Mary Frances Turner, president of York Region Rapid Transit Corporation, about their incredible 2022 Public Works Project of the Year award. Um, And I I think this is something such a game changer, Mary Frances, for you and your team in the region. Too often in Canada, we think about things afterwards like, oh, two or three million people now live here. We better build a transit or a road. This seems to be being done before extra growth, before the Yonge Street subway. So it's already in place. And that's actually, as a longtime resident of the York region, great to see. Absolutely. Yeah, there is.
2: Uh, growth that's come, but there's much more growth to come to York Region, um, and and the region's just completed their official plan uh, to talk about, and its transportation master plan to talk about how we're going to actually accommodate all this growth, and and the rapid transit corridors are part of our our, our you know our army of of ideas and projects that will help accommodate the growth and that will otherwise, you know, end up on roads that just can't accommodate that kind of volume.
1: I know for myself, if I'm on the area, say of Jane and Highway Seven and Vaughn near the radio station, or I'm driving around young and Davis Drive in my home in Newmarket, sometimes I'm at a red light and I look at the finished product and I go, it's oh, pretty impressive for you and your team to put so much blood, sweat and tears into it to put it together. Do you ever get those moments, those wild moments when you're sitting at a stoplight and looking around at what the fruits of your labor and your efforts? Um,
2: absolutely. Uh, I think um, whether you're an engineer or you're a planner or you're a constructor, you can't help but sit in that intersection, having known and lived through all of the, Painful and sometimes very hard work to get it to reemerge in that look and shape to say, you know, is it good? And yes, we believe that the outcome uh, is is good. And infrastructure can be beautiful and ought to be beautiful and transformational and worthy of the of the community in which it finds itself. And so, yeah, I, I do find myself sitting there having that conversation with myself because I know that's the test our children always put us to, right? Is it, you know, is it, is it, is it, is it, has it been worth the journey? Have you done a good job? And, and I think the results of this award are are rewarding, our careful, careful thoughts that went into the world under the street and above the street.
1: Well, imitation is the highest form of flattery, and I have to think, Mary Frances, that now that the New York Region Transit has done what they've done, uh, other communities in the country will look at your template, your blueprint, and try to co- copy it. Have you reached, had inquiries from other communities in the country or other transits in Canada, North oh, America, to look what you've done?
2: Oh yes, absolutely. We've had and do host many, many um, cities from um, all around North America, uh, parts of, of of Europe, have come to spend time with us, just like we spent time before we built this system with an international consortium to understand best practices in other parts of the world. And um, so, yes, absolutely, um, you know, uh, we're happy to share um, our experience and our outcomes and, um, and to see others taking these ideas away and building on the next generation of, of what bus rapid transit uh, can do to transform the commuter uh, experience and, and the, the visual experience of being in a community.
1: I guess the next step, Mary Frances, is for all the dominoes to fall into place, and the completion of the Young Street North subway up to Highway Seven and Young and Richmond Hill, and then connecting all to this rapid busway. And it's and it's all complete, right? The circle.
2: It's it's been a long journey, and absolutely, we're really uh, we're really looking forward to the shovels uh, getting in the ground. We've all been working very hard with MetroLink and the province to get. Um, all of the foundational work complete on the Young subway so we can get to construction because you're, you're right, the, um, you know the rapid ways all converge on Young and Highway 7. and all of this growth needs to find its way down Young Street, which is our, our busiest uh, corridor for, for travel in the entire York region. They need to get down this corridor and, and the, the Young subway extension is going to play that vital role.
1: The winner of the 2022 Public Works Project of the Year Award from the American Public Works Association is none other than the Young Street Bus Rapid Transit Project. And Mary Frances Turner is the president of the York Region Rapid Transit Corporation. They are in very good hands with Mary Frances at the helm. You can see why they win awards with people like that running the show. Mary Frances, an absolute pleasure to you and your team. Congratulations. And I can't wait to see what the next 5, 10, 15 years are going to bring us.
2: Oh, well, thank you so much for having us. It was a pleasure to talk with you today, Jim.
1: Good to hear. This is the
0: good news.
3: Some of the best news stories and good news stories lately come from those people and businesses finding their way again after COVID. The Curtain Club Theatre in Richmond Hill is one of those stories that is good to hear. Ken Lund joins us next, Secretary at the Curtain Club. Thanks for your time, Cam.
4: Oh, you're welcome. Nice to be here.
3: Tell us about the Curtain Club Theater in Richmond Hill and your role with the company.
4: We are actually a nonprofit, charitable community theater, and we're located right in the heart of Richmond Hill at 400 Newkirk Road. And uh, we've actually been in operation, believe it or not, since 1954. Uh, and we are totally uh, 100% volunteer-run. Our theater produces five shows a year, which run from September to June, and we we do tend to perform a lot of comedies, dramas, mysteries, and thrillers as we find those are the, uh, the offerings that people most like to see. My role within the theatre is varied. You'll find a lot of the members at the Curtain Club sort of wear a lot of hats. Uh, and I first joined actually back in 1987, and I've been very involved over the years, actually starting in the booth, operating lights and sound, and then sort of jumped around and did other roles of acting, directing, painting sets, um, helping with the box office, and uh, actually serving on the board of directors as well. There's actually a lot of opportunities at the Curtain Club for members and we're actually always looking for new people to join us as well.
3: Now Cam, throughout the pandemic there were so many businesses and people who had to pivot and adjust how they do business. Describe the experience for the theatre company during the pandemic.
4: Quite honestly at first it certainly wasn't fun as we actually had to close our doors and close the theatre up completely to wait to wait COVID out. And uh, we did use the time effectively, though, when we were able to upgrade some of our facilities. So we, were, we added in touchless taps and sanitation stations and HEPA filters and those kind of things to, to have a better experience for our patrons when they come back. And then our, our board of directors actually did a solid job at cutting costs over the last two years. So we um, were actually quite fiscally responsible and conscious. So we were in a pretty good position over the last two years to weather the storm even without making a lot of money obviously through not doing any shows and our patrons were absolutely fabulous because they even though we weren't doing theater they were nice enough to donate funds to us and and help keep us going over those two years um, when our doors were closed so uh, we were actually very fortunate to weather that storm and, and are in an okay position now.
3: So tell us about the highlights. What's coming up in this new season?
4: We're very excited actually uh, to start our new season with the comedy September 16th. It will open called uh, the Canadian comedy called Suburban Standoff uh, by Michael Grant. And I'm actually directing that show. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, Some of the highlights this year over this season will be that we are doing five plays written by Canadian playwrights and we have three comedies and two dramas in the mix. I'm pleased to say even our third uh, play of the season called Surrender Dorothy is actually written by one of our own members Liz Best Um, so we're very excited to have that as part of our roster as well. We're excited we're going to be opening at full Capacity this season and we will also have our bar concessions and 50-50 draws up and running as well.
3: And what is the best part of welcoming audiences back for you?
4: having our family back. Uh, Our audiences are our family members, and we have missed them uh, a lot over the last two years. Uh, It's not fun putting on plays without people in in the seats, so we're looking forward to having our family back with us and being able to uh, have some fun and and create some real quality community theatre for for our patrons again.
3: Can you tell us a bit about the plays or the comedies that you do have coming up? What are the storylines all about?
4: Well, I can tell you the first one, because uh, uh, I'm quite involved in that one, and it's quite fun. It's it's uh, what we call a, a 4 and so it's got t- an elderly couple or a retired couple, and they're enjoying a nice, quiet evening at home, but suddenly they become victims of a home invasion uh, by a young couple who really aren't very competent at what they're doing. So the whole situation is these young folks come in, and they're trying to take over, but having a bit of difficulty with the retired folks that uh, are, are quite... Uh, okay with this sort of uh, situation and able to handle it. So it's very silly and and not very um, likely, but very fun. And uh, it's all about having fun this season and creating a a great um, environment for people to to just let loose and and enjoy an evening out.
3: Do you enjoy directing?
4: It's a lot of fun because it allows me to have the vision of the... entire play, not just the acting part, but looking at the set and the lights and the sound and how it all comes together and working with different departments and, and being creative with others and, and picking their brains so you can work with the set designer and co create a really neat uh, environment for the actors to work in. And with the actors creating choices and, and looking at where the laughs are and how we can build the laughter even more and, and creating magical moments for people. So it's, it's really nice to be the over, overseer of all of that and and put it all together but it is it's a family or a community piece and it takes everyone doing their part in order to make a, a, a fine quality production with lots of laughs that's entertaining for our for our patrons
3: if our listeners want more information about your vision about the productions coming up to buy tickets how can they connect with you
4: they can either give us a call at the box office uh 905-773-3434 or you can certainly go online. We have a website at thecurtainclub.org and there's all sorts of information about our shows on there and you can also order tickets right online if you prefer to pay with a credit card. And just a quick note, our subscriptions are are quite affordable. They range in price from $75 to $85 for five shows. So that's really only $15 to $17 per show. And uh, it's really good quality community theater. You get to stay in your hometown, parking's free and uh, have a great evening out with your friends and family.
3: Absolutely. Break a leg, Cam, and thank you for joining us on Good to Hear.
5: Oh, thanks a lot, Tina. Nice to see you.
0: Good to Hear. We'll be right back on 105.9 The Region. Listen live at 105.9 theregioncom or 105.9 FM. This is 105.9 The Region with your stories the good news in our neighborhoods, our cities, our country, and beyond. This is Good
6: to Hear. I'm Glenn Perkins, and this is Good to Hear. The town of Newmarket has opened a new skate park located outside the Magna Center at 800 Mulock Drive. And to tell us more, we're joined by Mayor John Taylor. Mayor Taylor, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Why the skate park?
5: Believe it or not, it started with some residents, some kids and some parents, probably five, six, seven years ago asking about it repeatedly and suggesting we look at it. And I met with some of them at the time and sort of other counselors. And it just was seeming more and more like it's a growth sport. We're seeing more, you know, scooters and more skateboards. Uh, And the other part is we actually have one of the largest and best indoor facilities maybe in the country. And we saw the demand there so high. But in the summer, you know, of course, we want our kids outside. (laughs) And so it seemed like this was just the right time to, to make that move.
6: Who will be able to use it? Is it just for kids?
5: No adults can use it too. Um you know we're hoping they'll use it at the uh, on uh, the less common hours that you know leave the the prime hours at after school and you know weekends or in the day for for kids but uh, it's open to anyone.
6: And how big is the skate park?
5: You know I don't have the actual dimensions but it is very large. I think it's got to be uh, amongst the larger ones in in uh, New York region and maybe even in the GTA, it's it's quite sizable. It's got a lot of features and at a lot of skill levels, so it's been built very carefully to appeal to a broad range of levels as well.
6: Tell me about the design. How was that reached?
5: Yeah, it was really it was it was an interesting process, uh, and I sat in on some of it. Um, but the design firm that that led this specializes in skate parks. And they did a lot of really hands-on workshops with young kids and skateboarders and and, uh, and scooter enthusiasts. you know. And they looked at uh, best practices from other um, facilities and then talked through with the kids in the community about what they liked in certain places, what they didn't like, or why. And really shaped what I think is a phenomenal outcome.
6: Tell me about the features of the park.
5: Well, I, I'm no expert on that, that's for sure. Uh, and I certainly won't attempt the names of some of those, but it would appear to have you know, most of the major features that you would expect in a skate park, if not all and, and then some. But the one thing I did notice when I was there and believe it or not, I did try to scooter a little and it was very uh, symbolic. <laughs> I'm not very good at it, um, but it has a, it, again, a lot of levels. You can do some easier things. There's certainly more than one bowl. There's uh, one of the very large ramps uh, that you can go up and back down. and. And you know a lot of the rails and different types of you know, and I'm sure there's the young people listening right now going, oh my goodness, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And and I will admit that that's true. But it has a wide range of features, a lot of space, and uh, and a lot of skill levels. And the other thing that's really neat there is it's got built into it is two large seating areas that are shaded, um, with different types of seating in them. So. I mean, kids want to break, but when parents go with their kids, it's really actually very user-friendly for the parents as well.
6: That was something I was going to mention. Looking at the video that is available on YouTube, it does seem to be a family-friendly park, whether you skate, whether you rollerblade, whether you're active, or whether you're just there with the family.
5: Absolutely. And the other way, it's very user-friendly and very uh, you know useful for everyone. And, and I really give our staff credit for this. When they first told me where they were thinking of putting in, I thought, that doesn't make sense to me. And then they walked me through it and made me think <laughs> a little more. And now I'm looking back and going, this was actually very, very smart to put it where it is, because not only is it user-friendly in all those ways we just discussed, but it's in a location that has plenty of existing parking. It's walking the doors and the Magna Center's washrooms, accessible washrooms. It's got a, a coffee shop. It's got other amenities. You know, your parents could go and swim or shoot hoops while so you're outside uh, you know, scooter or skating. And, you know, on all our staff are already on site. So in terms of even financial efficiencies, it brings a ton of uh, financial efficiency.
6: For Newmarket residents and residents across York Region, what are the hours that they can come and use the skate park?
5: I think it's open. If you want to get up early in the morning, go for it. It's, it's uh, you know, there's no gates.
6: Newmarket Mayor John Taylor, thank you for joining us today.
5: Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Have a great day
6: more information is available online at heynewmarket.ca skatepark i'm glenn perkins and this is good to hear on 105.9 the region good to hear this is the good news
7: I'm Shaliza Backus, and our next story on Good to Hear comes from Frances Ann Solomon. She is a woman of all trades. Let me just say that. She's an award-winning film and television director, curator, and a businesswoman. She was born in England, and she's got a Caribbean background. Her parents are from Trinidad. Trinidad. And after being educated in the Caribbean and in Canada, she went back to Great Britain and she built a very successful career with the BBC. And she is now the CEO and founder of the Caribbean Tales Media Group. So they produce, exhibit, and distribute Black content for a global audience, which includes the Caribbean Tales International Film Festival. Now, Francis, I literally could go on all day about your accolades and achievements, but what we want to focus on today is the production manager, course released by the caribbean tales micro credentials for black media professionals so first of all how are you
8: i'm good thanks and many apologies for my dogs who have just decided to join in the conversation
7: no that's that's the beauty of recording this way
8: yeah i know and also the beauty of of, you know the pandemic and what it's made us accustomed to but yeah i'm glad to be here thanks for having
7: me so why don't you tell me about the program in general first
8: The Caribbean Tales micro-credentials program, we wanted to start an online training program for Black emerging or aspiring screen-based producers that would be led by Black professionals in our our country. Um, I think one of the the biggest um, things about, about trying to aspire to be anything is not seeing yourself reflected in that industry and you know one of the things about the kind of reckoning that we've been experiencing over the past couple of years since the murder of george floyd became international news and triggered uh, a global transformation process is that we we get to aspire to do anything. So we wanted to create a program that was not just for Black people, also reflected Black professionals. Our micro program is led and tutored by amazing, accomplished Black people working in the media.
7: So specifically, we're talking about the production manager course. Where did the inspiration for this course come from and what do you want people to take away from it?
8: Well, people want to be, um, who want to work in the media, they want to be directors, they want to be writers, but there are lots of jobs in the industry uh, behind the scenes where people can get hired and make money. You know, what we call below the line jobs, where people can literally just, you know, it's it's a job like any other, and it's very highly paid. Uh, we need to see representation in those jobs just as much as we need to see producers and uh, directors. Our aim is to create a series of micro-credentials, online training programs for below-the-line jobs. And and this was the first one we did. The production manager is a very important role, leadership role in in film and television. She or he, they have a lot of responsibility. Um, And so it's great to be able to say you can aspire to be a production manager, and it's it. You know, we need to see black people in those in those roles.
7: Yeah, and this course is going to be instructed by Mark Aileen, and he's very well versed in the industry as well. He's been in the business from the early nineties. What did you think made him the perfect fit for this position to teach this course? Well, Mark is
8: a is a very accomplished person, and been working, as you say, um, in the business behind the scenes, and we wanted to make that visible. So we were really delighted to be able to work with Mark to say this job, you can it could be yours.
7: Are there any other courses available to take? And what would you want people to take away from taking any of the courses in general?
8: Well, the courses break down the specifics of that job. There's a qualified professional, a Black professional, who's going to take you through the actual steps of what you need to know in order to get a job like this so it's a real training program you know obviously we have director we have producer we have writer we have location manager we have you know actors we have lots of different roles that make up the film and television industry and we have incredible black people presenting them
7: Yes, I love to hear that. I love to hear that so much. And I'm of Caribbean background as well. And I just feel like our parents, our ancestors, their work ethic is so different. And, you know, they work really hard and they've always taught us, you know, we have to work just a little bit harder than everybody else or not even just a little bit, just harder in general to get into those positions that could easily be filled by a white person. You know what I mean?
8: Well, they most often are filled by, by white people. I grew up in Trinidad. When I was growing up, I feel so privileged because when I was growing up, I grew up in a country that was run by black people. All the people in, in the civil service, the highest uh, officials in the civil service, the doctors were black, the lawyers were black. It was completely my understanding that I could be anything I wanted to be, anything because I saw Black people in all the roles possible in society. You can't really explain how important that is in terms of role modeling. People talk about role modeling, but if you can't see yourself in the society, we're trying to flip the switch here and say, see yourself everywhere. And then to the people who hire, we're saying here you go. Change the way you see things.
7: Yes. And that is the perfect message to put across. And I love that that's what Caribbean Tales stands for. And if you could summarize everything into like one statement, if you could say what you want Caribbean Tales to stand for and what you want people to take away from it, what would you say?
8: I I want to see us in every different possible way. So the range and variety of ways that People can be Caribbean, that can, people can be Black. It's not one thing and it's not fixed. We can be anything, just like white people can be anything. <laughs> We're human beings, you know? And I think that that's what diversity is, that's what inclusivity is, you know? It's endless manifestations of life.
7: I love that outlook. That is what everybody needs to hear right now. Frances Ann Solomon, CEO of the Caribbean Tales Media Group and the founder as well. She just wears all the hats. And uh, if people want more information, where can they go?
8: Caribbean Tales Media Group includes our Caribbean Tales training programs that includes the micro credentials program. And uh, it includes our production arm. It includes our events program that includes three different kinds of festivals. And then we also do distribution online in cinemas. So, Caribbean Tales Media Group.com is where you can go to find out about everything we do and to find the micro credentials program.
7: Perfect. Francis, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Send us your good news stories at info at 1059theregion.com. This is good to hear.